Welcome to Back in the Field. My name is Carl. And my name is Arthi, and today we're talking about Adrian Pimento, but specifically Adrian Pimento, the character. We're going to touch on the other episodes. This is catch-up four, but we're mostly going to focus on Jason Manzukas's character, and like we'll, t- like, we'll talk about some of the other cute stuff, but like... We realized, like, we didn't have a whole lot to say about any of the B and C, like any of the other plots in these episodes that didn't involve him. So fuck it, let's just talk about the thing we want to talk about because this is our podcast. We're gonna talk about how he's developed over the course of the three episodes that we're going to cover today, which are Adrian Pimento, Cheddar, and uh, Terry Kitties, <laughs> um, to the detriment of those other episodes. But you know. Uh, it seems like they did a full court press to develop uh, Pimento's character over these episodes, so we're going to focus on that because these always go better when we have something specific to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Plus, I met Jason Manzukas last night, so I have a lot of personal color to add to this. Is he, like, dangerous in person? <laughs> no, he's a big fucking goof. I have a friend who'd be really envious of you right now. Oh, I have lots of friends who are currently and, like, forever envious of me right now. It's hilarious. Like, I have a friend who goes hard for Monsukas. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he's kind of a great dude. Like, I would want to be, like, in his social circle if I could manage that, you know? Like, he's he seems funny and smart and, and just, like, really, like, humble. Like... So what happened was last night I went to a taping of How Did This Get Made? And hopefully by the time this ep- this podcast comes out, all of you listeners will be able to go listen to that episode. It's the episode I don't think where there's they much danger of that not happening. Yeah, well, actually because the we're recording this 2 days before the season finale airs, so you and I might need to step up our edit game. <laughs> yeah. We can do it. I went to the taping and I had brought my knitting to the taping. Not a thing I normally do to think. I don't normally bring my knitting outside of the apartment. But in this case, I was like, oh, I'll probably be seated, like, kind of further back. It's totally okay. It won't be a big deal. Um, and, like, it's just a podcast. Like, they're just literally sitting around on stage talking to each other. So I was like, I don't think it'll be a problem if I bring my knitting. It should be okay. And then, of course, I find out that I got – his. the seating is totally random. You just show up and they give you, like, your stub and then you figure out where you're seated. Seated. Turned out, I was seated in the front row, literally in front of Jason Manzukas. <laughs> so knitting the whole time, staring directly into his eyes. <laughs> so, if you listen to the episode "Hell Comes to Frogtown," that's the movie we covered in my episode of "How Did This Get Made." There's like the first fifteen minutes of the podcast is them making fun of this girl sitting in the front row knitting. That's me. That's totally me. Um, and actually, you I finally posted, made it in this crazy podcast scene. I know. I we're we're at a whole other level now, Carl. No. Um. I, if if you look at that, and then like if you go check out uh, my Twitter, and I'll retweet it from back in the field as well. Um. I Jason Manzukas wore the scarf I'm working on, which Carl, don't <laughs> let Bella listen to this episode. It's actually the scarf I'm working on for her. She requested an infinity scarf, and I've been working on making it. There's no danger of Bella listening to this episode. <laughs> Awesome. Well, don't tell her, but like, yeah, so Bella's scarf that she's going to receive in about two or three weeks' time is the one that Jason Manzukas wore on stage in front of about mm, 500 people and also made fun of me for making <laughs> in front of thousands of people. Dreams do come true. 
He was super sweet. He was super sweet. Like, he took my knitting from me, and he was, like, super gentle with it, and he apologized if he ruined it, which 100% not possible. It's a flat knit scarf. It's knits and pearls. It's literally, like, anything he could have possibly done to it in five seconds, I could have undone no problem. Um, but he was super sweet and just, like, really, like, nice um, just about the whole thing. So, I don't know. It was cool. He was really nice. And he, like, made fun of me, but he was, like, he he kept, like, checking in on me throughout the podcast. He was, like, how you doing there, scarf girl? <laughs> so, okay. Well. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, Adrian Pimento, however, is a hot wreck of a person. Oh, yeah. An absolute garbage fire. Yeah. Um, I I kind of want to, I want to start in the middle of this conversation a little bit. Um, on the second watch of the first episode of Jason Mendoza's guest, guest spot, one thing I noticed, and I, it had been, it had occurred to me the night before, or the first time I'd watched this episode, but like definitely on my rewatch, it struck me that um, Adrian Pimento gets the mafia undercover story that I think a lot of the audience had sort of expected, or rather, a lot of the audience had wished jake might have gotten like at least the um the fan fiction audience definitely presumed pimento's career for jake yeah exactly summer yes exactly it was like like adrian pimento got like the full like most realistic darkest timeline undercover stint like there were there were definitely scenes from that where i was like this is straight out of fan fiction like when he's punching the guy and crying, or when he falls in love with the stripper. Like, I I remember thinking, this is I read this fic, but it was Jake, not Adrian. Some dark ass fic. There was some. It was a good year that year, but for real, like there was. I think that makes Pimento a succinct explanation for why they didn't do that and why they didn't linger on Jake's undercover. Uh, history, because mm-hmm. if they'd done that, Jake would not have been a palatable character for the show they want to run. <laughs> I don't know about palatable. I think I. Th- I mean, it kills the dynamic, right? Like if Jake is PTSDing everywhere, it kills all the dynamics. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that does enable a lot of hurt comfort fanfic, but hurt comfort fanfic isn't <laughs> worth literally destroying a show over. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, like, on some level, I'm also finally glad that, like, we got some, like, tying off of Jake's time undercover. Like, it happened, and then it was like it never had happened. But now it's been brought back up into relevancy. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I appreciated that they not only made it relevant, but, like, they made it real. Like, I like that Jake's like, yeah, it was super lame. I mostly did computer stuff. And, like, we know he wore velour tracksuits and, like, gave a speech at a wedding and and things like that. But it's, like, we had gotten the sense that it was, like, not the wire (laughs) version of going undercover, which is fine. Yeah, it was not. It it wasn't that hardcore. No, no. Also, when I was was re-listening, I heard him say, I'm good with computers. I was like, psh, yeah, right, Jake. And then... He said, so I helped him switch over from AOL. And I was like, oh, you mean you've seen a computer? (laughs) I actually, I was thinking about that too. Um, And I was like, I 
I don't know if he's... I don't know if he's wrong, because, like, he does, in the first season, when he's, like, hungover from hell, he does manage to rewrite a query to, like, pinpoint some IP address or something, remember? Does he? In old school? Yeah, but I guess he does? That's that's weird. That seems inconsistent with his character. He hasn't... Set a I mean, computer I guess on they've fire. now set it up and played it off, so. <laughs> I mean, they also, he, he has tasered a computer before, so. Yeah, but he could taser anything that he knows how to use. True, 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 true. Um, but, yeah, I I liked, I liked contrast, I liked that the show kept contrasting Jake's time undercover with Adrian's, and I, I really, really liked that. I did like that it felt like the the version of Jake's undercovering that like fan fiction had written. Admittedly, this happens two years later, <laughs> but it was it was a good demonstration of like why that, like you said, like why it kills the dynamic and why it kind of tanks everything around him. Like having a stranger come in and like have all these like constant flashbacks and like super trigger responsy hair trigger response temper and like not being able to deal it's much more it's much i feel better about playing that for laughs off and on when it's like a stranger whereas like if it were jake i'd just be like really sad yeah because it's a stranger we can make that the basis for a new humorous character but none of those elements would be compatible with jake's humorous humorous structure you know Mm-hmm. yeah his like jake is the guy who is always making quips and stuff not the guy who's ever like curled up in a ball crying forever but the latter <laughs> can also be funny in a sort of horrible way <laughs> i mean when pimento appears in jake's apartment and scares him i really could not stop laughing it was that like creepy laugh and like he was sitting in the dark like I, I I hate to admit that I was like genuinely like just laughing. I mean, Pimento is Pimento is a hilarious character, and he is hilarious with a vocabulary that's different from the show's normal humor vocabulary. Ooh, unpack that! I love that. Well, they establish it really fast. Like they have him talk about like his days, and there's a horrifying flashback to something that doesn't belong in Brooklyn Nine Nine. And then Holt just stares directly into the camera. Not Holt, and also not literally. Terry, like, figuratively stares directly into the camera and says, Normally those are funny. (laughs) Not nightmare fuel. (laughs) Like, he's not compatible with with the way the show does humor. Mm Because when he has flashbacks, they're horrifying. (laughs) And when the show does flashbacks, they're hilarious and deflating. (laughs) And it's like, it's like twice he does like the flashbacks and he's like, that was funny, right? Right? Moisturizing my eyes? And they're like, nah, you missed. No. (laughs) I think, I think. And does he do that anymore in that episode? Yes. uh, Katya, he couldn't save her from the pole. Right. By which he means the guy literally speared her with a pole. Now, we don't get a flashback, but he tells this gruesome story. 
Like and it's uplifting. In, in uh, Terry's Kitties, he talks about how like they couldn't deal with like a, a few night screams, and then there's him like <laughs> screaming horrifically. So it's like let's check back in to see. Well, that's a little funnier, but it's still not really working. <laughs> so like, if you see what I mean, like the reason Pimento is 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 so funny is because he's a legitimate disruptive element to the show's normal comedy routine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, I genuinely, like, I like that actor, and I love his line delivery, like, all throughout. Like, the way, the, like, the combination of sincerity and sheer just, like, well, frankly, like, PTSD shell shock that every, I feel like every line pimento has is delivered with is like uh, like the line i'm thinking of right now is when jake asks why he has to do tai chi in his underwear he says well i can't take them off because then you'd be looking directly at my balls and pe- my like penis and testicles and jake's like well can't argue with that logic <laughs> i couldn't stop laughing but i feel like that's a different i feel like that's a different kind of joke and delivery than anyone else in the show would give I mean, the closest person who would give that delivery is Jake. That's the type of line Jake would give. Yeah. Like, uh, they said all the bleeding's internal. That's where the blood is supposed to be. You can't argue yeah. with that logic. <laughs> like, and I think that's... I think and, then, part of- and then, compared to that line, uh, Pimento says something like, well, yeah, you could cut his throat, but then where would you put all the blood? <laughs> I think this show kind of circling back to where we started I think this show does a really good job of like setting up this compare and contrast with Jake and they, they really underline it by having them partner up in the A-plot when, when Pimento is introduced so like going back to where we started I feel like this show does a really good job of setting up a compare and contrast between Jake and Pimento and really underlining that by like Having them be partnered up on this B and E, yeah. Um, but it starts sooner than that too. Like, it's not a coincidence. He sits at Jake's desk. That, yeah, that's not a coincidence. No, no, it's totally on purpose. And like, Jake just touches him on the shoulder, and then there's that awesome camera work where like he he like grabs Jake and holds him hostage, and everyone in the precinct is like, "Come on, man, don't be a hero." So. On Hulu, the subtitles for that, like, when everyone is talking over each other, yeah. the only line the, the subtitle picks up is, don't be a dum-dum. Oh. <laughs> and I oh, couldn't that's... hear who was saying it, and it stays on screen for a long time. So I'm like, is it Terry saying yes. that? Or Rosa? Or... It was it was Terry. Terry says, come on, man, don't be a dum-dum. Um, I thought it was Hero, but, like, Rosa and Charles are like are like... Put it down, drop the weapon. Yeah. And Jake's like, oh god. But like that that specific like action sequence was filmed really beautifully. And I was like, what a great way to introduce Pimento. Like, it, it was a really dynamic introduction. Like literally. Like he tries to hold Jake hostage and Holt has to intervene. And he looks like, you know, a real like action movie guy. Which I think is a beautiful, like, I think actually the beginning and ending shots of Pimento in this episode are a really beautiful way of framing him. 
Because in the first shot, he, like, very smoothly, like, locks Jake's, like, hammer locks Jake's arm and puts a knife to his throat. And then the last shot, he, he like, jumps in with his, like, arms and legs played and goes, You're gonna die! And runs <laughs> off camera in a goofy fashion. <laughs> and that is hilarious. I agree. I agree. I also appreciated how Pimento seemed to, like, really facilitate, like, honest reactions from people. Well, he like, values honesty really highly. Yeah. They established that as a note early on. Like, he thinks that, like, people say honest things to each other is really important. Like, the first thing he asks of Jake is him to tell him something he's never told anyone before. And he doesn't care that it's something lame. Like, he just gives it full credence. Is like, no, that was embarrassing to you. We're gonna hug now. I'm gonna trust you with a lot of really deep shit from my life. Yeah. And, like, and like I, I got... Like... I understood why Jake thought maybe Pimento was backsliding. Like, that was also, like, set up really nicely. Yeah. He was doing a lot of very questionable stuff. It wasn't even, like, each individual thing might not have been inherently questionable, but the sum total of all those actions totally was. Him visiting a storage unit? Not questionable. Him buying bolt cutters? Not questionable. Him using a burner phone? Inherently? sketchy but not like not the worst right i do love that jake was like no one has ever used bolt cutters for anything good ever <laughs> i liked the rose's response because when she tells him that she uses them to make jewelry it shows that their relationship has legitimately deepened mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After... and now she wouldn't really think twice about being like no i'm gonna fuck that guy it's gonna be difficult to stop me <laughs> I love that she and Pimento are attracted to each other. Oh, should we talk yeah. about should we talk about in Cheddar with the with the like sexually charged hole punching? I think that's a nice logical step because like so I feel like the work that is done across the course of uh the first episode of Adrian Pimento mm-hmm. is designed to transfer him from the first shot where he's like really scary and not okay and might kill our protagonist to the last shot where he's still dangerously deranged but now it's really funny and it's okay to laugh yeah and then like it's safe to do the next episode where he can be in a normal plot that's still about him being weird but in a kind of clean way in a more nine nine way yeah they really did the low work on getting us to trust pimento yeah Right? Like, he explains to us why he's being shady, and it all makes sense. And then he explains to us, like, the root of his PTSD. Like, and I appreciated that he was so upfront about it. Like, I know Jake's like, maybe you need to shrink. And I'm like, probably, (laughs) Pimento does. I'm genuinely surprised he's not in department-mandated therapy after being undercover for 12 years. But, like... I also think, like, him being so straightforward about, like, he's like, yes, I know why I'm fucked up. I know why I'm doing this. It's because of these three things that happened. Like, why am I being shady? Probably more than three things. Right. But, like, each thing has whatever. You know what I mean. But, like, he's like, why am I being shady? Because the mob can't know about my family. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's so depressing. And yet so real. And yet 
you're so honest about it. Ah, I think, and I think like that's the other thing, right? Like, not only does he prompt honest responses from everyone, like like both emotional reactions as well as like people telling him things. In addition to that, he himself is so honest with each character that as the audience, we don't have any reason to not trust him. Yeah, there there is a period where they try to build up the suspicion that he is working for the mob, that he's mm-hmm. the enemy. Mm-hmm. And then at the end they're like, no, 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 don't think that, you don't have to think that ever again. He's a cop. Like, yeah. he wants to be a cop, and the show Or a bagman. T- <laughs> yes, a grocery bagger. Um, that poor girl... What was her name? Uh, uh, Maggie? Maggie? Yeah. That poor woman. Bad form to have a Maggie and a Marge in subsequent episodes show, but at least they're not both named Carl. <laughs> or Carla. Or Charlotte. No, just just Carl. Cool. <laughs> they're both incompetent or gross, so there's no reason to call them anything else. <laughs> let's, let's definitely talk about Pimento and Rosa. I... I, I know from being on the internet that the that relationship develops further and perhaps too fast. I actually don't know exactly what happens. I haven't watched the next episodes yet because I wanted to like talk about these without them coloring my opinion. Right. I didn't but watch like, it because I haven't had time. Yeah, that's also part of it. But like I also I do think um that the they did that legwork when he was introduced. So, like, yes, we trust him. And so we we trust him with Rosa. Yeah, also because Rosa could kill him. They would probably enjoy holding weapons at each other's throats while, like, oh, glaring sure. menacingly at each other. For sure. Yeah. Um, but, like, they've got Rosa to a point where, like, of course we're not scared that she wants to poke Pimento. She can handle herself. She can handle herself way better than Jake. Yeah, and... Already, I have much more faith in her relationship with Pimento than I ever had with any relationship she had with Marcus. I mean, I have faith in it for what it is, which is like a flash in the pan that's dominated by wanting to bone a crazy person. Yes. I don't think they're trying to establish it as like an emotional core of their characters. <laughs> true, true. That that That's a good point, Carl. Yeah. I mean, it it reveals further depth in Pimento's, on Pimento's part, without, like, dangerously peeling back the layers of Rose and showing us too much about her. But also, it's not that deep, because, like, apparently, as we find out in Terry's Kitties, um, they are making a sex game out of not knowing where the other person lives, which, <laughs> where do they fuck? <laughs> Ho- hotels? Question? Burner phones. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe they do the like mafia kidnapping, put a hoodie. You mean put a hood? Yeah, like put the hood on them and like drive them. Maybe. Um That's too terrifying for me to compliment. Con- con- uh for me to think about. I can't contemplate. Thank you. That's the word I'm carefully searching for. I don't. Ha- I haven't had my coffee today. 
I, I did like in that plot line that Terry was like 100% tangential and just unhappy. He was like, why am I here? He just did not want to see all this sex nonsense. <laughs> all the like sexual tension. I appreciated I think he's him. moderately uncomfortable with seeing Rose as a sexual being and unbelievably uncomfortable with anything that's <laughs> happening between her and Pimento. <laughs> because their flirtation is weird and scary. Yes. I was wondering, like, they, they, they put, so they had, they had Jake interact with, Jake and, and probably off-screen Holt interact with Pimento when he was introduced. Rosa, get, Rosa and Terry get some time with Pimento in the second episode. In the third one, Charles and Gina get some time with Pimento. So they rotate him through the whole cast. Yeah, and that's smart. It really that's establishes super- him as, like, kind of a key player. Like, I think they could keep him on for a while if they wanted to. I would love for them to add him full time. Like, honestly. He's great. He's terrific. And the league is ending and he's been doing some movies, but he's got like a secondary role on Transparent season two. But he only was contracted for four guest spots. But I would love for him to like take on a bigger role on the show. I think he's great. I think he's the right addition to the cast. He's got plus, a like, really good chemistry with everyone. Plus, like he's been he's been part of the Mike Shore family for a while. He was he had an on again off again guest starring role on Parks. Who was he on Parks? He was that horrible. <laughs> Do you remember there was that business guy business person that Aziz Ansari's character was always trying to impress? That like slimy dude who owned the. The, like, nightclub, Snake Eyes or whatever. I vaguely remember that. He he plays the cologne guy, whose name I cannot remember. But he, he plays this, like, extreme, extremely, like, disgusting person on Parks. And so I'm actually kind of surprised that he's he wasn't, like, a shoe-in for Brooklyn from the get-go. Because, like, that's how, like, Rashida Jones is, like small guest role on The Office got her on Parks. Yeah, well, I mean, there were a lot of people in Parks and Recreation who had, like, recurring roles. Not all of them can be principal players in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I just realized, isn't, isn't, um, isn't Andy Samberg's one-off character named Carl in Parks? Yes. <laughs> Fuck oh, these so- pr- fucking showrunners, okay? <laughs> Fuck them. Hey, by the way, Lakshmi Sindharam got pr- promoted to co-producer on the show. What? Le- our favorite writer, Lakshmi Sindharam, got promoted to co-producer on the show. Congratulations to her. I know, I'm really happy. <laughs> like, I-, I hardly know this person. We've met once. But, like, I'm like, oh, yay. You got promoted. Good for you. It's good. Yeah, so, back to back to Pimento. Um... So I like that they rotated him through the cast because, like, they they didn't do that with a lot of the other recurring guest stars. Like uh, Doug Judy. Right. Like, his he's slowly being rotated through everyone, but he's never going to meet Gina, let's be honest. Yeah, like, he... And that's fine, but, like, he is clearly only a secondary character who pertains to Jake. And Rosa, yeah, but mostly Jake. Sort of. Yeah. Rosa yeah, is like, secondary to Doe Judy. 
Yeah. I it struck me that the only character that we don't see Pimento interact with is Amy. And I I know he he appears one more episode and I'm curious if they interact in that one. We'll see. Amy and Holt, I guess, cuz we haven't really seen him on on screen interact with Holt aside from his introduction where Holt kind of just neutrally neutral. Like they yeah. haven't had a screen role together. That's yeah, exactly. fair to say. Exactly. Um, I want to take a minute to talk about Cheddar. I love that dog. I really yeah. love that dog. The Cheddar Cam segments were extremely funny. Oh my god, yes. <clears throat> when, uh, oh my god, yes. When when Cheddar, when Jake was like, he's running away f- super fast. And we just like cut to like cheerful, upbeat music and Cheddar just like walking along a street. It's adorable. It's so cute. Uh, and, like, honestly, that A-plot ends really satisfyingly. Like, yeah. watching Andre Brower pet a small corgi that's very excited. And then having, like, Jake, Amy, and Holt basically talk about how Holt's relationship with Kevin is stronger than some tension from having to be long distance for a while. Yeah. And I Can- feel for Holt. I was going to say, wait, so I wanted to ask, actually, Carl, like, I I know a little bit about you <laughs> and your life. Um, That's cool. Did, did this, <laughs> well, we've been knowing each other, what, like, two years now? Jesus, three? Um, well, the show's been going on for three years, so it must be three. But we met before the show debuted. Yeah, we did. Cool. Okay. So, I was going to say, like, you... I was wondering if, like, how much you felt for Holt, because, like, I, you've you've had to do this before. And it was Paris, too. Oh, it was Paris. Uh, Paris is rough. No, I, um... Well, and also recently, she was in Paris. Yeah, but that was fine. I was just envious because she ate so much great food. <laughs> I mean, I sort of felt for Holt, but also, like, the main thing I felt for Holt was, like, get on the goddamn plane. Mm-hmm. Visiting Paris with a loved one is high on the list of good experiences. Mm-hmm. And going to a place is like taking at least yourself out of the context, out of the like spatial context in which you're unhappy will make all of those problems seem a lot smaller. And they clearly did in the next episode's Cold Open. Like, it clearly was a wonderful experience. So just, like, get on the goddamn plane, Holt. You have been, like, with this man for, like, what, 20 years? Yeah, almost 30. I made it work, and I had three months. I I agree. Like, you're right. Like, I've known couples that have had to be on and off long distance for several years, and it sucks, but the way that oh, they manage... it totally sucks. It, it yeah. totally, totally sucks. Yeah. However, and, and it will bring up all kinds of problems that you... That weren't big enough deals to talk about before. Mm-hmm. But, like, I never doubted that they would work it out because they've been together for so long and they've had to do harder things than this. And and I loved that Jake reminds Holt of that. Yeah. And And I'm glad that... And, like, selfishly, I'm glad Amy was there for that, too. Like... I don't know. I guess, like, the show tries to do a good job of, like, anytime 
especially lately, and when Jake has a revelation about his relationship, sharing, making sure that Amy and Jake share in that. Yeah. And I'm glad for that, because, like, like, in the... In the in earlier in that episode, Jake says, "When I thought about if that was us, that I would really miss you." And Amy's like, "And Amy's touched. Amy's correctly touched that like, yeah, Jake is feeling for Holt because Jake said, if it were me, I would really be sad that I couldn't see her for long stretches at a time." I I I would not to take away too much from Pimento, but like, I do want to talk a little bit about like Jake's emotional character arc. Maybe not here and now, but I want to, like, plant that seed while I'm thinking about it. Sure. Because, like, I suspect the finale will have something to do with it. I would be really surprised if it didn't. Let's yeah. let's put a pin in that and talk about it when we've got some more episodes under our belt. I concur. Uh, especially given that Melissa Fumero is, like, overtly pregnant. Like, she's ha- she's holding piles of clothes in front of her. Yeah. She's so pregnant. Bless her heart. Her, she had her baby, by the way. Um, like, I think production wrapped. Yeah, I know. Well, I think production wrapped and then she immediately went to the emergency room. Like. <laughs> Jesus. Like, she was, she was tweeting about how, like, infants constantly are, are nursing or something like that. She's, she, was, she was tweeting about newborns. Her newborn, specifically. So it wasn't that hard to crack that code? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was, yeah. Anyway, um, well, and it was, it was, it was. I'm glad the show isn't writing Amy's pregnancy into the narrative. Oh my God, thank you. That would have been really bad. That would have been really horrible. <laughs> they, they, like Amy says it in this episode. Taking care of the dog is a level one responsibility, and they're she's at level two, and he's at not not a level. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this show underlines why they can't they can't get pregnant right now. <laughs> yeah, and he is not allowed to protest. Correct, correct. <laughs> However, mm-hmm. I think that he really does want to be a pet owner. Cats, though. He's really into those cats. And Amy's so allergic to dogs. Yeah. Like, I never... Like, I'm glad they remembered, but it was so irresponsible for Amy to be taking care of a dog. She hates and fears dogs. I can't believe Holt was like, are you trapped in a bathroom with a dog that you're deathly allergic to? And was like, so you're going to take care of my dog, whom you're deathly allergic to, right? Also, like... (laughs) Surely there's other people. Like, pay Marcus to do it. Oh my god, yes. He's family. Mar- He's not allowed to fuck it up. Also, doesn't Marcus live with them still? We never heard about him moving out. I think he must have moved out in between. But you're right. Marcus could literally have taken care of that dog. No, he's definitely moved out in between or he would have shown up in mumps. Good point. Carl, you remember stuff better than even the show does sometimes. Yeah, I mean, Marcus clearly died after he was dumped, so... <laughs> yeah, we're never seeing him ever again. We might. Several seasons from now. Fair. Hey, sidebar. Uh, th- this reminds me. Thinking about Nick Cannon has me thinking about other actors. 
which has me thinking about other actors on Fox, which has me thinking about an actor. I met a, I met one of the actors from New Girl. So I met Lamorne Morris from New Girl. He plays Winston. Um, and he was he was at the ArcLight here in Hollywood promoting Barbershop f- 4. Right. Whatever the new barbershop, the whatever number the new barbershop movie is, he was promoting that because he's in it, and um, I, he was super nice and friendly, and he like gave me the time of day, which was nice. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, back to back to Jason Mizukis. Um, let's talk about let's like since we're already on Terry Kitties, which by the way, that whole episode felt like a reverse unsolvable that a plot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, and pretty, like, I mean, solving old crimes is, like, Jake's main way of dealing with authority figures. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's, that really is, they, they reach into that bag for that specific trick every time, huh? Yeah. Um, but, like, I guess, like, as I was watching that episode, and especially on the rewatch, I was like, this, this feels, like, emotionally... Like it pattern, it pattern matches with unsolvable, and I say that a lot, but I really mean it this time. Yeah. Cool. Great. Let's talk about uh, Pimento and 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 Boyle. Yeah, I um, I enjoyed their interactions this episode mostly because like, it 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 helps us not forget that dealing with Pimento must be completely infuriating <laughs> and scary. <laughs> Because, like, in terms of weird house guests, he's really taking the cake in this episode. No question. I I actually was thinking about how, and this is not a but, this is, like, an in addition to, the, the, the relationship that Pimento imposes on Charles reminds me of, like, what you would expect if you didn't know Jake and Charles had the friendship that they do. Like, Jake is sort of this, like, or he sees himself as like sort of this unspeakably cool character, and Charles is constantly grateful for Jake having him as a friend in his life. Yeah. And Pimento has that relationship with Charles that, like, I think if you didn't know how tight tar- Charles and Jake are, that they would have. Did that? Does that sense make any sense? Did you repeat it? <laughs> I'll do my best. If you did not know that Jake and Charles are super tight, and if you knew. Like the personality types that Jake and Charles pattern match to, then you might assume that Jake treats Charles as sort of this like offhand. Oh, I, he kind of follows me around, best friend. And like that treatment of Charles, I mean, like, I think that that doesn't really map to what is actually happening between Pimento and Charles, because like thinks but he's he my best friend and a- follows follows me around does not like get backed up by sleep strangles the other dude <laughs> i agree i agree it is definitely There's one more... moment where i agree with you which is like telling him to do the dry cleaning right and i think that's what i'm really talking about is just that like pimento like takes pimento takes charles for granted in a way that like you would expect jake to but doesn't i think that's what i'm talking about right and like the narrative like the spoken narrative of like alpha beta stuff which is all bullshit, but, you know, whatever. Um, that pat- matches to what people would assume is happening between Jake and Charles. Yes. 
Yes. So, yeah. And I mean, it, it's really what I'm saying is that it, it extends the, it extends the like Jake Pimento compare contrast thing that they were starting in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Though I do like that Tumblr, Tumblr compare and contrasted Pimento running away from Rosa with Charles running away from Jake. When Jake, uh, Charles running away from Jake went? In um, Fancy Bread Gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with the second worst wedding, Red Wedding, Game of Thrones. Pimento can run. <laughs> he sprinted away. He really I, booked it. I also really appreciated that, like, the thing he needed to turn his life around was Terry telling him that he deserved to be happy. So he proposed to, to Rosa. <laughs> I know. And Rosa's was like, and Terry's like, this was not what I wanted. <laughs> you interrupted my inspirational speech halfway through. Um, should we talk about Terry in historical makeup? <laughs> We usually only see it with Holt, with his, like, closely cropped fro. But they gave Terry a flat top, which I'm, like, legit impressed by. It was pretty cool. <laughs> um. Also, whoever that guy that Terry was talking to, the one who was like, you get coffee when you solve a case, you sign this get well card when you, when you, when you solve a case. Um, whoever he is, is super tall, because he was just as tall as Terry Crews. Yeah. Also, like, an enormous douchebag. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm glad that all cops who are into the 9-9 are legitimately terrible. I I love that anytime Jake gets paired up with Terry for a case, he inexplicably pulls an all-nighter. <laughs> the best one-liner in this episode is, there is so much crime in New York, no one should live here. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why, but like when you see his enormous corkboard with thumbtacks on every block, <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing. Oh, that's just a population density map, though. I agree. I agree. I just, I love that. I love that Jake color coded his thumbtacks and then was just like sat back and felt overwhelmed. And he was like, I had to be overwhelmed for a couple of hours, but then I rallied. Oh, my favorite line in this, in the, um, in the middle episode, Mm -hmm. uh, Cheddar was, uh, wait, no, not the middle episode in Adrian Pimento. Well, my favorite episode, my favorite line in the B or C plot in Adrian Pimento was, uh, there's broken windows and bones everywhere. It looks like New York in the 70s. I, yes! Yes! That one was terrific! That was, um... Can you imagine how much more intimidating that policy would have been if it was broken windows and bones? <laughs> I just, I just loved that. That was such a good line. I had to pause it and, like, laugh for five minutes. Like, legitimately. I was just so amused. I love any time the show is like, ah, yes, New York in the seventies, <laughs> an anarchy. <laughs> I did. I did like. Um, I also liked uh, Hitchcock being like, "They'll get us out of here in body bags," and Scully being like, "They did that once. It was a mistake. We're all good now." Um, should we talk about Meredith from The Office guest starring in 
beer C plot of some episode? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, should should we talk about how much pressure it takes to cause a pressure cooker to explode, even if it's Turkmenistani? I mean, if it's a pressure cooker that was created in Turkmenistan, probably not that much. I I that's so dangerous. Like legit, a ter- yeah. a pressure cooker exploding. Like that will t- that's like a that really is like a bomb. Yeah, like, that that kills the policeman. That that kills everyone in the room. Yeah, like. That t- that totals a kitchen. My mother, so obviously we're Indian. My mother grew up in India, and she was telling me like a house down the block, down the street from where she grew up, the pressure cooker exploded. It was like straight. Up. She was she. My mother didn't have the vocabulary to explain how devastating it was. Like it took out like a solid chunk of the house. And houses in India are made of concrete. I'm missing large chunks of this story. Oh, I'm sorry. You'll hear it in edits. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Anyway, um, I yeah. So Pimento is like the worst house guest ever, and all that alpha beta omega shit is garbage nonsense made up by humans. But but I it did, did revive our ship. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I'm curious to see where that goes. Anything that gets Genevieve out of the picture, because oh my god. Yes. Oh, wait. Doesn't doesn't Adrian Pimento start with Charles being like, "Can you tell me if this picture makes my bubble my bubble butt pop?" Yeah, I think so. And if you look at the picture on his computer screen, he is in fact taking a butt fee. Like he's contorting himself like a like a female comic book hero. Well, he did say he wanted a fronty and a backsy. And I appreciated Gina being like, I don't want your ass in my cloud. <laughs> Was there anything I liked in Terry Kitties that we didn't cover? I love that Jake loves small cats. Like, I would never have pegged Jake as a cat person, but he just, like, melted at the sight of small kittens. While Terry was like, these, you little turds. <laughs> well, Terry's had a traumatic series of experience with cats. I concur. Um... Also, bringing kittens into a home with, like, an infant and two toddlers is a terrible idea. I agree. What was it that Terry said? This is disgusting, and I live in a house with three children the age of four. Uh, My house is all fluids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bless. Okay, Um, I think that we've uh, kind of wrapped the conversation on Pimento Up. Yeah. So, I think we should roll this down. Yeah, um, I'm curious to see, like, what, if any, kind of exit we see for that character, because I know he was only in four, um, and I really like him. I hope, uh, I hope in one of the next episodes we see him interact with Holt and Amy. Um, I also, I'm curious because I know that Amy goes undercover, question, 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 in a maximum security women's facility. (laughs) and uh, so they they do an orange is the new black parody. No question. Oh jeez, I know for sure they're going to like. There's no reason they should not, given the setting. But okay, whatever show, do what you want. Um, and um, oh, I saw one of the property brothers. Uh, I saw that at least one of the property brothers watches the show, which makes them referencing property brothers earlier this season terrific. I think it's I think it's actually Jonathan Scott. He was tweeting at them. 
he was like, Charles and Jake are the property brothers of gynecological exams. But I think it makes sense in context. So. Okay, trust me when I say I don't have enough context for... Any of this. For any of this. <laughs> cool. Great. Um, yeah. I have so, seen the Property Brothers, but only by while waiting to get an emergency ear exam. <laughs> oh, dear. Because they're always playing HGTV at City MD. True. Yeah. I love that show, though. I hate how much I love that show. We can talk about that some other time. Um, or or I- you can start your own Property Brothers podcast. I think that's a terrible idea. I genuinely believe that a podcast about Property Brothers is the worst podcast ever invented. I'm <laughs> like, not... I, I, there's some bad podcasts. I mean, people give me enough weird looks when I'm like, I run the largest Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan podcast, and they're like, what do you talk about? That is a legitimate question that we are struggling to answer. Every week. All right, cool. Well, hey, audience, thanks for listening. Um, uh, this has been Back in the Field. My name is Arthi. My name is Carl. One day we'll edit this and you'll get to hear it. Until then, we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye!